Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host, exercise physiologist and donut lover, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week, because it was the week of Thanksgiving when I recorded it, we took a look at gratitude and what gratitude can do to improve not only your mental health, but also your physical health. So if that's something that interests you, I would be very grateful if you'd go back and listen to last week's podcast. Well, this week, because last week when I recorded it was the Thanksgiving season, we're now entering into Black Friday and the holiday shopping season. And so we're going to look at what is one of the hottest trends in fitness. And that's the fitness trackers, your um, Apple Watches, Fitbit, Samsung Watches, all of these things that you wear around or even the apps that you have on your phone that track your fitness. They track what you're doing and give you feedback. Now, I say they're one of the hottest trends because as of last year, 19% of Americans were using these. That's one out of every five. But do they really help? For a lot of people, in a lot of circumstances, the answer is yes. For some, though, they don't work as well, and we're going to look at some of the problems with them. So if you're thinking about getting one, you might avoid some of the pitfalls and be able to get the maximum use out of your fitness tracker. The first statistic we need to look at is that one-third of all the fitness trackers that are purchased end up in a drawer in the first six months and the person doesn't wear it again and I'll guarantee you that the fitness tracker that is in the drawer collecting dust is not helping with your fitness goals well why in the world would you buy it and not use it well the first reason that uh, people don't use them is some of them are kind of hard to use if you get it and you're not really tech savvy uh, you may have trouble getting it set up the way that you want it you know, to, to track your specific metrics that you want. Now, some people you know, are listening to this and you're super tech savvy and say, well, they're really easy. They are if you're tech savvy. If you're not, um, some of them are a little more difficult. And that kind of leads us straight into the second one. The next biggest reason and probably resulting from the first one is discouragement. As we'll talk about later in this, reaching your goals and getting the badges and the stickers and all that, that really helps you to reach your physical activity goals. But not reaching your goals consistently, always falling fairly short of your goals, is very discouraging and causes people to just give up. Now, if you remember, I discussed this way back in episode five. I was talking about setting your fitness goals and how you should start with small, easy to attain goals. And then you should cut that goal in half because you get the adrenaline rush of reaching a goal. Hey, I did it. Now, a lot of these fitness trackers come preset with the 10,000 step goal and 10,000 steps is a really good goal it's been validated in somewhat in scientific literature but it really just started from a 1964 marketing campaign the olympics were being held in japan so everybody there was a big walking craze everybody's wearing pedometers and one company added an extra digit to the pedometer so you could go from 9,999 steps all the way to 10,000 steps. And they made that the goal that you should get 10,000 steps just to sell more pedometers. And that stuck. 
And for some people, the 10,000 steps is really, really difficult to get. And so if you're set on getting 10,000 steps and you're never even close to it, it just really discourages you. Now, some of the newer ones and some of the different brands, um, some of them automatically adjust your step count. If you have a really high step count yesterday, it's going to give you a high goal for tomorrow. And then if tomorrow happens to be a sedentary day, you're not going to reach that. But some of them allow you to say, this is how many steps I can do. And in order to figure out what your goal should be for how many steps you could do is if you've got a fitness tracker, just look at your average step count for the last week or week and a half and then add, say, 200 steps to that and make that your goal. After you've gotten to where you're consistently hitting that goal, bump it up another 200 steps. Bump it up another 200 steps. So you're increasing your physical activity, you're increasing your overall fitness, but you're not getting discouraged because you're at 6,000 steps and your fitness tracker wants you to get 10,000 steps. That having been said, the people that keep wearing them after the six months, you know, that they haven't already tossed it in the door and said this is a piece of garbage, three-fourths of them find them very helpful. Now, it's kind of interesting when they did the, the surveys of these things, what they found was people said the most helpful things were your motivational cues, that was 83%, the general health information, like your heart rate, um, some of them do pulse oximetry, uh, some of them even do a, an EKG. You've got all these different health things that it tells you. The amount of sleep you got, they find those to be the most helpful. But the most used features were your notifications, your badges, and your challenges. And although it was used in different amounts and in different ways, the gamification feature was used regularly by 85% of all the users. Now, the gamification features, that just means the different rewards you get. You can get a badge. You can get uh, you can move on to this level. You know, they come up with cool, clever names for it. And it's really nice to just get a little buzz on your arm and it, it tell you that you've done something neat. You've hit your goal. You've reached the whatever level. Now, I will say a good bit of this does depend on your personality type. And back in Season 2, Episodes 1, 2, and 3, we looked at the different personality types. And if you haven't heard that yet, you probably won't know what I'm talking about with some of these. But the Rhino, they love the gamification because they absolutely have to win. They don't look at it as a game. They look at it as a reason to crush the opponent. Um, somebody sent me a, a little note the other day. You know, When life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. They sent it from the Rhino version. It says, if life gives you lemons, you kill them. You crush them. You drink their souls. And that's really the way that rhinos look at things. Everything is not just a competition. It is a reason for me to excel and for me to win. Now, the monkey wants to play because they enjoy participating and they like to win. They like to show off. They want to be on the winning team. They just want to have a good time. The giraffe, they want to not let people down. They want to be consistent. They want to just reach the goal, just reach the goal. And I'll use a quick example. My wife happens to be a giraffe, if any of you happen to know her. She got a fitness tracker that the goal was set at 8,000 steps. And because that you just follow the rules, you reach your 8,000 steps. Um, next week, I believe, she is approaching her third year straight of not having missed the 8,000 step goal in spite of trips, in spite of travels, in spite of surgeries. She has hit the 8,000 step goal every day for uh, 
a week less than three years, which to me is pretty amazing because I'm more of a monkey and I don't, I'm not that consistent, but the giraffe is going to do what they need to follow the rules. Now, the panther, they just love the data. They want to get it. They want to compare what they did today with what they did yesterday. How is this helping, et cetera, et cetera, because they love the data. So how can we use this information to help us use our fitness tracker to reach our fitness goals? One of the big things is whenever you do one of the challenges, team challenges produce much more result than individual challenges. Because if you're a little bit behind on an individual challenge, you think, well, I'm not going to win and you give up. But on the team challenge, you don't want to let the team down. No matter what, you're going to bump up your effort just so the team will be able to do better. You might say, well, I'm not going to win, but my extra 5,000 steps may push the team a little bit further forward. And if you want to have success and enjoy the competition, don't go head-to-head against one of the rhinos because they are not going to be happy if they are losing. But most of all, you need to set it to tell you the information that you want and to put reasonable goals in there, not goals that you really have to stretch to hit. And if you're not tech savvy, find somebody that is. There's a lot of people that just absolutely love messing with this stuff. Um, Find a teenager. They absolutely love it. But you got to tell them exactly what you want or they'll put in there that you need to have 550,000 steps a day or something crazy like that. But get it to tell you the things that you want to know and give you rewards, give you little uh, badges and, and a good pat on the back because we all like a good attaboy. And if so, these fitness trackers will definitely improve your fitness and make your fitness journey just a little bit funner. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.